0: Hashtag, you don't have to be Jewish. You
1: no, know, there's a saying that sometimes our friends—well, we should be careful how we choose our friends because sometimes we see our friends behaving in the same way that our enemies would. And uh, when one looks at the United States that has pumped money into Iran, Hamas, Hezbollah, and Qatar, that is not necessarily the behaviour of an ally. Of Israel, because now you've becoming a friend of her enemies. So we thought, well, you know what? Let's, let's get somebody to unpack this, somebody in the know who understands both sides. And so we got hold of somebody who's no, no stranger to Chai FM, Pastor Dumisani Washington. He's the founder and CEO of the Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel. And uh, he joins me right now. Good morning. How are you?
0: I'm well, ma'am. How are you?
1: Very well, thank you. It's lovely to be speaking to you again. Can you unpa- good to be with you again. Can you explain for, my, for the five-year-old in my brain, I have a five-year-old in my brain, that if the five-year-old can understand a concept, then I'm good to go. Um, how is it that the United States is funding Israel, its ally, as well as Israel's enemies?
0: Well, this is the age-old uh, issue where the U.S. is concerned, unfortunately, of funding both sides of a war, both sides of a of a conflict. Uh, this is what uh, the former president, or as he was exiting at that time in the 50s, Eisenhower called the military-industrial complex, right? This part isn't that difficult. It means that the people who are benefiting from it are the ones who are selling the weapons uh, while the other parties are fighting each other. So you have the United States that has been uh, obviously backing Israel, uh, its allies, democratic ally in the region, but also arming Israel's enemies to the teeth for decades. This is nothing new, it's been going on for a long time. The flash point that was October the 7th, sadly, was one uh, of many uh, situations in which uh, Israel's enemies, uh, benefiting from the uh, largesse of the United States, using that largesse against the Israeli people.
1: So. <sighs> How, how do you see it going forward? I mean, do you think at any time the United States will stop funding these other organizations? I mean, it's, it's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre.
0: I, um, I, I've, I've, I've been asked to do something of a prognostication for a while here and, and obviously I'm as limited as anyone else, but I have to be very honest and say I don't know that this ends any time soon. What you have to have at this point uh, in the United States is the willingness uh, to have uh, exercise some sort of moral authority, right? Some sort of uh, conscience here. And so here at the risk of sounding uh, political, I said to uh, use this, the relatively newer uh, uh, experience that we've had in comparing the two last administrations, Trump versus Biden. Uh, Trump for all of his flaws uh, was an extremely uh, supportive president where Israel was concerned uh, and did some tangible things where the terrorism is concerned. Cut funding for UNRWA, which is the United Nations Relief Works Agency for the Palestinian refugees, which everyone knows is a is a uh, a tool for Hamas, right? Yes. Uh, he cut funding to the Palestinian Authority, right? Uh, he. Put even more uh, difficult sanctions on Iran, which is actually the puppet master of this whole thing, right? So this is a situation where, and regardless of one how it feels about what he did or how, what we do know is that terrorism and the actual killing of Israelis had declined precipitously during that time, right? Was there still violence? Of course there was, uh, but there wasn't what we are seeing now of uh, the billions of dollars that have been released to uh, groups either directly or indirectly. Do that would be Hamas islamic jihad hamas uh, uh, also um uh the others in the area that hamas that that iran actually controls the money have been flowing to the coffers either allocated to or been released to these same entities and the difference is night and day in terms of what has happened over these two administrations
1: yeah it's, uh, it's bizarre. So let's change focus a little bit. Um, as the CEO of the Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel, how strong is the black, um, well, the solidarity with Israel within the black community of the United States?
0: What we've seen demographically, um, and this is just based on the polling that we're seeing that's come out even since October the 7th, by and large, Americans uh, stand in solidarity with Israel, uh, but that breaks down when it comes to both political party and as it breaks down over a- age. I think one of the latest polls stated that uh, young people 18 to 24 sided with Hamas, even felt that Israel had no right to this exist. Right. So this is, that poll didn't do it by race or ethnicity, it did it by age. Um, what we do also know is that in the poll maybe about two or three weeks before that, it was uh, the sensitivities or sensibilities towards Israel or Palestine when it came to this conflict. The majority of them laid with Israel, but that broke down around the among Democratic Party because I believe Democrats were 45 percent uh, for Israel and another 45 percent for Palestine, right? The overwhelming majority when it came to the polling was Republican. So, a long way to say uh, the United States, uh, the voting, uh, about 90% of African Americans vote Democrat. And we can probably assume that those uh sensibilities where israel is concerned fall along those lines now having said all of that uh, in our work when we are speaking with pastors and leaders across the country even of different uh uh, different political parties we are finding a great deal of sympathy where israel is concerned and a great deal of concern when it comes to how things are actually reported, they recognize that there's a great deal of uh, bias when it comes to what Israel is or is not doing where Gaza is concerned.
1: uh, Yeah, it's very interesting. And it's it's a question that I I ask as as a diaspora sitting in, you know, as a diaspora Jew, is it's all very well when there's, you know, 200,000 people that that show up for a rally in support of Israel. But Mm -hmm. is that... You know are, are, is that reaching people who are there supporters of Israel sitting in um, Charlottesville who are sitting in Iowa who are sitting in small little towns where that are that are traditionally very racist you know Jackson Mississippi you know how, many, how much support is there for the Jewish community and for Israel in Jackson right.
0: Um,
1: right. And, I mean those are my questions around that.
0: We have found that when it comes to those types of things, demonstrations, we, as a matter of fact, we even had a Proysboro uh, event uh, here, uh, not too far from where we live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and everything well attended, had a great time and everything, and we did it as a show of support mm. for our Israeli and Jewish friends, uh, and, but at the same time, we recognize that uh, Demographically, again, across the nation, that doesn't seem to have an impact uh, directly when it comes to people's sensibilities about what is happening. Again, I have to emphasize that the key to, to take away, in terms of what's actually happening, what people understand is happening, is playing out in the media. And Hamas has done this, just as Yasser Arafat knew this before. The media is key. Whatever story that you can get into the press, and into now, especially social media, that's the story that will prevail. And regardless of the demonstrations on the street, that seems to be the case. People are taking away what they're hearing from and where the media is concerned.
1: Yeah, that is where we leave it. Thank you so much. And thank you for your support, for your solidarity with uh, you know, with Israel, with the Jewish people. Thank you very, very much. Thank,
0: thank you. Me. Thank you so much for having me.
1: God bless.